0: You are listening to Redefining Rural, a podcast dedicated to celebrating, elevating, and changing the way we think about rural education in the state of Colorado and beyond. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform. Hey, good morning,
1: everybody. Welcome to the Redefining Rural podcast. I'm here today with my partner in crime, Kirk Banghart. Danielle is unfortunately otherwise engaged. And we are super excited to have with us today, Tamra Durbin. Tamra is a longtime rural leader and advocate. She's currently serving as the executive director of the Northeast BOCES, which is located in Haxton, Colorado. And Tamra, welcome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to um, share some of your incredible work around recruitment and retention with our listeners. So just to get us started, tell us a little bit about you and your BOCES and your member districts so we have a little bit of a perspective or orientation as to where you are.
0: Absolutely. Happy to be here and thank you for the introduction, Michelle. Um, I am Tamara Durbin and I'm the Executive Director for Northeast Colorado BOCES and as Michelle mentioned, our main office for our BOCES is located in Haxton, Colorado. We're in the extreme northeast corner of Colorado and we serve five counties in Colorado covering a large geographical region. So in our BOCES, we have 12 member school districts and they range in size from our smallest, which has a total student population preschool K through 12 of about 120, up to our largest school district, which is just under 800 in total student population, we do have one of our member districts that has an online statewide school. And so their Mm -hmm. brick and mortar students paired with their online students is just under that 800 number as well. Our area is rural, we um, have vast different distances between the communities and the school districts that we serve. And we are constantly talking about teacher recruitment and retention, knowing the importance of keeping the teachers that we have, but understanding the realities of hiring new teachers. It's becoming far more difficult.
1: Awesome. So tell us a little bit about uh, some of the, I know you've done, a number of things for a long time, sort of one of the the leaders in some of this work. Tell us about some of the things you've done to sort of uh, draw people out to your areas.
0: So we're really trying to be creative. Historically, we've had really good initiatives to try and essentially utilize our administration to go out to teacher job fairs and recruit in-state and out-of-state. Um, When COVID hit, we kind of changed to doing that online. And, you know, we really haven't had a lot of luck in regards to recruiting teachers in that way, especially to our rural communities. So we have talked about changing our approach. And I think we're still in the middle of looking at ways in which we can change our approach. But one thing that we did recently, which was really exciting for us, is we worked with Dr. Robert Fulton with the Colorado Center for Rural Education and a team at the University of Colorado in Greeley to really think about how we could bring students from UNC out to rural Colorado. And we had the good fortune of being asked to partner with Dr. Fulton and UNC with this work. Um, for me personally, it's like I'm a graduate from UNC and obviously believe in the value of their program. So it was kind of fun to be working with them in that capacity. So it really started with just a conversation. We aren't having a lot of luck in hiring teachers at job fairs in state or out of state and we thought maybe we need to bump bump back our recruitment in some ways and so having the opportunity to kind of um, market rural teaching opportunities to UNC students at their junior and senior level presented some new opportunities. It isn't an entirely new concept because when Brett Miles was our executive director at Northeast BOCES in years past, he did something very similar. And I think it was a great learning opportunity on all sides, students and school districts. And this opportunity this last week was for us as well. So we did some planning. We decided that we would target junior level and senior level students in teacher prep programs and invite them on a field trip per se out to rural northeast Colorado. So we did in our planning phase design email communication out to the students presenting them with this opportunity to come visit our schools. UNC was really um, wonderful at helping us get the information out to the students and also to teachers too, to encourage their students to attend. And we had 19 sign up to attend our event. So this last Wednesday, March 22nd, the students got on a chartered bus in Greeley, Colorado, and we had them travel to Akron, Colorado, one of our member school districts. We provided them with a breakfast there. We provided them with some opportunity for conversation with district level staff and Bosey staff and then we arranged for some resource sharing. So obviously in the first half hour, we were really talking up our rural schools. All of you who are familiar with rural schools know that there's a lot to celebrate with them and um, really just talked about the advantages of rural schools and then spent a good period of time, a half hour sharing resources. So some of those resources are resources that we offer to teachers at the BOCES. Dr. Fulton talked about state level resources that are available to teachers. And then we had Annette from TEACH join our group too to speak briefly about just resources through TEACH. And um, Anthony Cars, who's our Director of Instruction, Accountability, and Learning, really spoke to some additional learning opportunities that we have going on within our BOCES. So what do you think? Does it sound pretty incredible so far?
2: Absolutely. Um, I guess one of the questions I had was that as as these the students that were coming on the bus tour, were they mostly kids who had experience in rural or were they kids that um, came from more suburban and urban areas? Um, did, did you get a feel for what the students that were interested in, and why they were choosing to take take this opportunity?
0: Yeah, so in talking with students, the breakfast opportunity was a great opportunity just to have some neutral conversation, and so what we learned from a lot of the students is that some of them had ties to rural Colorado, like a couple had family, extended family that lived in the area, but the majority of them were from urban areas and in fact many of them mentioned that they'd never been to a small town Mm -hmm. and it was kind of interesting to me to hear them speak to um, coming or traveling because one of the things they realized is that rural isn't really that far from them in the urban area Um, their trip from Akron to or from Greeley to Akron was an hour and 45 minutes you know definitely doable not terribly long but there were several that were from urban who said really they hadn't been outside of the urban suburban area denver Greeley, and traveling back and forth so it was a new experience for them
1: awesome so how else did you spend your time with them the rest of the day or did they stay the night i'm I'm really interested to hear what else what else y'all did
0: Sure, so I wanted to just mention that in the resource sharing, we really reiterated the resources that are available to students teaching in rural schools, including the rural student teaching stipend, the $4,000. It's like for a student, $4,000 is a lot of money in, and um, also talked to the rural in-service stipends that are available there too. So at, from 9 to 9.30, we did some resource sharing, answered some questions they had, And then we had pre-planned to assign each of the students with a teacher in one of our districts. So of our 12 districts, we have five of our districts um, that were closest to Akron that um, agreed to come and to meet the students and then to take them back to their school district. So each UNC student was paired with a master teacher in one of our five school districts that were a part of this trip. The administration came to pick up the students, spoke to them briefly, and then traveled with them back to their districts. So the districts that were involved in that were the Akron School District, the Buffalo School District, the Lone Star School District. The Yuma School District and the Otis School District. So from 9 30 until about 2 30 the students were on site in the school districts. They spent time in classroom with teachers. They went to lunch with the student teachers and w- or with the teachers and the students. They had opportunities to meet with administration to kind of hear about school districts. They went on tours. In some instances they met with community members and it was a real eye-opening experience, I think, for a lot of the students to realize how um, successful rural schools are athletically, um, admiring trophy cases and um, sports success stories too. So our, our rationale was really just to try and give them an overall perspective of what a rural school is all about and they um, were, in many instances, able to work with the, with their assigned teacher in delivering some instruction or facilitating some small groups. We did match them up with teachers in their program area, and I think that was beneficial
2: too. Neat. That's, that sounds like a great experience for the, the schools and for the students.
0: So I have to mention it was. Um, when the students came back to our staging area in Akron at the end of the day, there were more stories about Mm. the students' experiences and more stories from administration too. But everyone really felt um, really good about the day. It was kind of interesting because if I had had the opportunity, I would have taped some of the comments from the students because it would have been a wonderful commercial for um, individual Mm. districts. But a lot of the comments were just about how impressed students were with the facilities in rural areas, impressed with the instructional classrooms, but also the sporting um, facilities and the equipment that was available there. And really just like the atmosphere of a small town community where people get along, there's good collaboration, um, friendly faces. Um, the, The information that was shared from students and from administration was incredibly positive.
1: So are there next steps in continuing those relationships and connections, or is it just sort of remain to be seen whether those students pursue uh, teaching placements in rural districts or in your districts? So.
0: It- We did have the opportunity to send a follow-up email to the students and we are able to do that via UNC. Mm -hmm. Of course, um, they are students on campus at UNC, but we of course did share opportunities for student teaching, even opportunities for teacher of record, which is a reality for us in rural Colorado to hire teachers while they're still working in their programs. There are options for that too. And then obviously to recruit. Um, We kind of jokingly said that it's pretty common for colleges to come out and recruit and sign athletes at a signing table and I kind of said in jest it's like maybe we should have had the signing table at the bus tour event, but um, kind of ingest because obviously they need to complete their programs, but we hope to have follow-up. We did pump them full of contact information for our districts, including a current list of vacancies. And we hope to um, have follow-up communication from our from the UNC, UNC students and hopefully generate
1: some interest in student teaching or in some of our vacancies that we have. That's really awesome and thank you on behalf of other rural districts, because that sort of promotion and experience sort of you know it's a ripple effect and so they their friends get excited about rural schools, they get excited about rural schools in other areas and goodness knows. um, We need that energy around rural schools and rural opportunities these days. Um, I did want to sort of Robert Fulton, who you mentioned several times, is runs the uh, Rural Education Center, which is run out of UNC. He couldn't be with us today, but we will, and I'm looking at Kirk, include some information as to how to contact him, because not only do they do these bus tours, as Tamara indicated, there are that is the office through which the rural teacher stipends and the in-service stipends and um, uh, all of those other programs, a lot of other programs to benefit and incentivize teaching in rural schools are available. So thank you for that. And also Teach Colorado, which is an online resource around programming and recruiting and retention for, or not programming, but um, resources, incentives, scholarships, et cetera, for teachers in Colorado. So um, thank you for a nod to both of those programs and we'll include information for uh, each of those in our, I think they call them show notes. Kirk, is that right?
2: Yes, yes. We'll we'll do what we our best we can to get you that information if if people are interested. But uh, if also you're more than welcome to reach out to Michelle and I and we'll we'll pass that information on about what the University of Northern Colorado is doing uh, with their rural center so it it's great um Tamara another question I had for you is that in in historically um those those districts that have been closer to other states have been able to Recruit from neighboring states and and bring folks in. Uh, I think one of the questions I have for you is that is that a trend that you're seeing change for your districts since you you have access to to three states up in your your corner of Colorado? Is that something that's that's changing and no longer seeing it as as a viable option, or is that still something that your districts uh, can take advantage of?
0: So our our districts are seeking out of state applicants. In fact, we had two of our districts recruit from Western state in Shadron or excuse me from Shadron State this last week um, in an attempt to, to pull from out of state there still is that effort. We're very close to Kansas, Nebraska, and Wyoming. Um, We have done some recruitment in South Dakota and Iowa in the past, Um, but it's becoming more difficult, I think, to draw people to Colorado. Some of it, I think, has to do with pay structure. Um, One thing we're realizing, too, is that other states are offering stipends, and that's a story that I heard from the teacher fair this last week out of state is that it's kind of eye-opening in regards to the stipends or the signing bonuses that are being offered to teachers, which is not something that's real commonplace for us in rural Colorado. Um, So there is an attempt to bring in out-of-state candidates, but there are barriers to that and we're not seeing as much success from that as we have maybe in the past 10 or 15 years ago.
2: Yeah, Yeah, understandable. Interesting. Well, I also know that the flip side of this coin is is we've talked a lot about recruitment, but I know that your BOCES is doing a lot around retention. Would you mind talking about what your districts and as a BOCES, what you're doing around how you're keeping uh, your current teachers uh, in the regional area?
0: Yeah. So we are continuing to build out opportunities for additional graduate level credits and professional development for teachers that are in the field, recognizing that we need to keep them there um, and obviously intend to and want to. So some of the things that we've done, we have what we're referring to as a MATL leadership opportunity. It's a Master of Arts in Teacher Leadership through CU Boulder. And essentially, it is an opportunity for teachers to choose from nine different certificate areas. They choose the certificate area. They can take a one-year certificate. They can take three years of certificates and earn a master's degree. So it is a way in which to keep them engaged in learning about teaching and giving them confidence to teach in their classrooms. We actually pay the two-thirds of the cost for that master's program through some grant dollars that we have. Have at the BOCES and then our teachers pay the other remaining third. So it's an affordable option to have a degree from CU Boulder for $6,000. So again, that's one. We also have a partnership with CSU Global that we're promoting right now that offers the same master level opportunities. We also have like a principal preparation pathway through CSU Global as well with some grant dollars where the grant dollars are paying 60% of that cost and the participant is paying 40%. So it's just using the, the opportunity to help teachers continually learn to keep them engaged in the classroom as a retention strategy.
2: Yeah, that that that's that's wonderful to hear. I know, um, you know, we had a, we've seen some statistics that were were showing that forty to sixty percent of the teaching profession was looking to leave the profession. And I know that that some of the research that I've seen around the same, similar model that you're doing has numbers of of keeping people in the profession upwards of ninety percent staying once they have support. Uh, for master's degree in continuing education in that. so that sounds like it it's a great opportunity for teachers in the north northeast to to take advantage through our our universities and you as a bosi. so thank you for doing that.
0: Absolutely. The other thing I might add is that we do have consortium professional development in our BOCES. Our districts partner really well with each other and over the course of the school year this year we've provided four days of professional development. One was really on how to support mental health needs, social emotional and behavior needs of students because sometimes it's the classroom management side of the teaching profession that is a challenge and and um can sometimes um, lead teachers to exit the profession. And then the other three were really focused in on providing opportunities for learning about instructional practices to increase student achievement within classrooms. And so those opportunities are good too because they provide research-based quality um, information to teachers, but they also give teachers an opportunity to collaborate with, with each other, which is great as well.
1: Tamara, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your leadership, for your advocacy work, for all of the things. Anything else that you you think our listeners should know about recruitment, retention, any of your work?
0: So, the only other thing that I might add is that we are a rural coaction grant recipient. Right. And as a part of being a recipient of the Rural Coaction Grant, We are really looking at how we can expand career pathways within our area for our secondary students. And as a result of that, we have some opportunities for teachers to get additional training to help support expansion of career pathways for our students, and that's been really exciting work. We also applied for an Opportunity Now seed grant through the Office of Economic Development and International Trade, and we received an invitation into the second round, which is really exciting for us. That's huge. It will allow for us to continue our rural co-action group or work beyond the two years of the rural coaction grant. But what I wanted to mention specifically is that our economic data shows us that we have vacancies to fill in the teaching profession and that's one of the career pathways identified in the Opportunity Now grant. So we are in the process of completing our request for application to build out that career pathway for teaching and we're really hopeful that we can start as soon as middle school in trying to recruit people who live in our small communities into the teaching profession and then give them some coursework to take in high school to give them a little bit an introduction, get them enrolled in concurrent enrollment. In some instances, we have students graduating with their associate's degree at the same time that they're graduating with their high school degree. And then it puts them in a position to finish a teaching degree in partnership with some good quality programs that we have in our area. So it's not an immediate solution to fill the vacancies that mm-hmm. we have right now, but it's offering some hope that maybe we will be able to build out those pipelines and make. Um, pipelines into a teaching profession affordable too for people recognizing that we do have strengths in our students that attend in our schools they're kind of a captive audience and if we can encourage them to go into teaching now it's like we'll see the benefits of it in the future
1: well and they already know and love your community right so that's the the first hurdle And hurdle isn't the right word but it's it's starting from an advantageous position if you you know the folks are are committed to your kids and your communities.
0: I agree. I think I think we've always had this plan where we recruit people into our rural area, and I think our thinking has shifted. Mm-hmm. And we have people in our area that we need to build into careers that we know we need in our rural areas because they tend to be the people who um, stay and obviously we're looking at things from multiple angles but our high school students are a great audience in which to share information with about the teaching profession and other professions so our rural coaction grant work and our opportunity now grant work are really exciting for us it's like it's it's a different way of thinking and it's nice to have some financial resources to help with the work
1: yeah, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time you, you said, you know, grant funded, um, that is just a reality, and we've talked about that a little bit before around how we often, all too often, some might say, rely on grants to do some of this critical work. So uh, kudos to you and your team for the partnerships you've created and the revenue streams that you have um, brought in through these grants, that Opportunity Now grant can be, a, it's, it's a lot of money, is my understanding if and when, and so getting to that second round is no small task, because I know that there were a lot of applicants for that. Um, and we will have to check in with you in the next, you know, six, eight, 12 months and see how all of this is going um, and get some updates on the work, because I know a lot of folks will be interested to, to hear the successes and more likely than not, some of the challenges that you face as you go through.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for that. I've heard you say, both of you, Michelle and Kirk, about grants, because in rural areas, having the capacity to write grants, it's a heavy lift, and it's important because it brings in resources, but it is a heavy lift, and we fortunately have been able to pursue it um, out in this area, but um, very exciting things to come, I think
2: yeah Uh, absolutely well thank you again for for your leadership in in the northeast part of our state and the great work that you're doing uh as michelle said i'm super excited to hear about next steps and where that goes so thank you for joining us today and and we look forward to hearing next step of the great great work happening up in the northeast boces so thank you
0: thank you for the invitation and um, michelle and kirk thank you both for your leadership in our state it's um
2: Very much appreciated. So thank you for the invite to speak with you today.